Welcome to the podcast of Selmore Baptist Church in Ozark, Missouri. To learn more about our church, please visit selmorebaptist.com. And now, here's the sermon. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, open them to the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to be looking today at chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And today we do continue our series in this book with what is perhaps the best-known passage in the entire book. This is a passage that was in recent history made famous by a popular song by the musical group The Birds in 1965, a little tune called Turn, Turn, Turn. I won't traumatize you by singing that for you, but I'm sure that many of us are familiar with that song. What many do not know is that the lyrics of that song came from this passage of Scripture in Ecclesiastes 3, written by King Solomon thousands of years ago. In this text, Solomon communicates to us one basic truth, and he expresses it very eloquently and very poetically, as we shall see. But that one basic truth is this. To everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. What does that mean? What are the implications of that truth, and how do we apply that truth to our life? Those are the questions that we will seek to answer in today's sermon. So this morning, we will begin by reading the text in its entirety. And so I would invite those who are able, please stand at this time in honor of the reading of God's Word. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Basically, this morning, we're going to spend the majority of our time in verse 1. Verses 2 through 8, of course, are very beautiful, and each one of those verses is worthy of a very slow reading and meditation and prayerful consideration. There's so much wisdom in those verses. In fact, there are 14 pairs of contrasting statements in verses 2 through 8 that counsel us about what time it is, if you will. They are very simple truths, yet at the same time, very profound. And I would encourage you in your private devotional time to walk slowly through verses 2 through 8. And we will make reference to those as we go along this morning. But in verse 1, I believe that we can identify three primary implications of this passage that will help us 
as we make our way through life in this world, as we experience life under the sun, as Solomon calls it. So without delay, let's get right into it and see what we can learn. And here's the first implication of this text taken directly from verse 1. And I'll say it and you'll know that it's true. Life is comprised of seasons. Life is comprised of seasons. King Solomon says, to everything there is a season. Just as God created the world to experience four distinct seasons every single year, every single time that the earth makes a revolution around the sun, so God ordains seasons in the lives of his people. Now, sometimes we talk about those seasons of life as in correlating to our age, and and I think there's some validity to that. I think in part that's what verse 2 means when it says that there's a time to be born and a time to die. As children and youth, we're in the springtime of life, right? All is new, all is fresh, all is exciting. Life is all out in front of us. And as we hit the peak of adulthood, we're in the summer of life. We're mature. Our body and mind are operating at full capacity, and this is typically when we leave our mark on the world. And then gradually we start to slow down a little bit. We enter the fall of life. Our body and our mind start to change a little bit. We start to have some aches and pains. And finally we come to winter when our hair is snow white and our body oftentimes fails us. And we begin to look forward to that eternal spring when God will make us new again. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? But not every season of life corresponds directly to our age. Some seasons of life correspond to our circumstance. I remember, and some of you remember, when Rachel and I had four kids that were six years old and younger, and there were times we didn't know if we'd make it through that season or not, and some of you are there right now, and and you can relate to that very well. Now Rachel and I are in a season of life where we're running kids to activities every night of the week, and we meet ourselves coming and going, and we live in a constant state of exhaustion. And some of you can certainly identify with that as well. Some of you have been there and done all that, and you've raised your families, and now you're in a season of life where you're helping your college-age kids get launched into life, or you're in a season of helping with grandkids, or in a season of helping care for elderly parents, or in a season of being the elderly parents and the challenges that come with that. Or perhaps in a season of adjusting to life without your spouse who has gone on to be with the Lord. Life is comprised of seasons. And many of these seasons are difficult. Many of them are hard. But while they do have challenges, and while some of these seasons leave scars on our heart that never completely go away, they also contain blessings. Why? Because God is good all the time. Not just during certain seasons, but all the time. So even though a particular season of our life may have been hard and there were plenty of times to weep, we can usually say God was also gracious in that time to give us times to laugh. And even though there were plenty of times to mourn in a particular season, God was also gracious to give us times to dance. As a result, we can often look back even on the hard seasons of life with some degree of thankfulness in our heart. And that's possible only by the grace of God. Now back to the main point. Why is it helpful for us to know this biblical truth that we see here implied in verse 1, that life is comprised of seasons? 
Well, I think knowing this ahead of time helps us to navigate the highs and lows of life. Knowing this ahead of time helps us to have a godly perspective on both the good times and the times of trial. For instance, the year 2020, need I say more? It's been a very difficult season for many people in many different ways. Without the hope of Christ and without an understanding of what the Bible says about there being seasons of life, it would be very easy at times to despair, to look at the world around us and all the madness that's taking place and say, we're all doomed. What are we going to do? But King Solomon would say to us, now, now, to everything there is a season. There is a time to break down and a time to build up. And in God's providence, he has ordained 2020 to be a time of breaking down. Many of the things that we thought important to us, he has taken away. And quite frankly, some of the things needed to be taken away. They needed to be broken down. The busyness, the materialism, the idolatry of sports and entertainment. Whether or not we learn anything lasting from all of this remains to be seen. Furthermore, verse 5 says there is a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. As some have humorously pointed out, COVID-19 has been a time to refrain from embracing. Handshakes and hugs, etc. And I don't think that's exactly what Solomon had in mind when he wrote those words, but you see the point. It's important for us to remember in times such as this, when things get tough, that life is comprised of seasons. And seasons come and go. And if we will just keep our eyes on Jesus, God will bring us through this season and into the next. And as we'll discuss more in a moment, it also helps to know that God is in total control of the seasons of this life and that we can trust him in that. Well, let's move on to the second implication of verse 1. Here's the second implication. A large part of wisdom is knowing which time or season that it is. Verse 1 says there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Now that does not mean that every time is right for every purpose. That's one of the most significant takeaways from this passage. In fact, that's the whole point of the 14 contrasting statements in verses 2 through 8. Two equal but opposite approaches can potentially each be the right course of action, but it depends on what time that it is. Now, sometimes it's obvious what time or season that it is. For instance, let me just give you some examples. When someone passes away unexpectedly and people are grieving at the funeral, that obviously is a time to weep with those who weep. It talks about weeping in verse 4. There's a time to weep. None of us would think that to be a time to laugh loudly and hysterically at some random joke. And if we did that, people would consider us cruel, and they would consider us inconsiderate, and that, well, they should. On the other hand, in contrast, if we found ourselves at the wedding of a beautiful couple and everyone was joyful and in a celebratory mood, that would be the time to dance, as it says in verse 4. It would be perceived as odd if we wore black to a wedding reception 
and openly mourned and wept with tissues while everyone else around us was rejoicing. Sometimes it's fairly obvious to know which time is which. Other times it takes great wisdom and great discernment. For instance, is it time to gather stones, as it says in verse 5? In other words, is it time to build, to start a new endeavor? Or is it time to cast away stones, to not start a new project, to stay where you're at? It's hard to know sometimes, isn't it? Is it time to embrace Verse 5 talks about that. Is it time to pull that person close to you, either literally or figuratively? Or is it time to refrain from embracing, to let them go their way, to give them space? The Bible says there's a time for each. It takes great wisdom to know which time is which. How about this one? Verse 7, a time to keep silent and a time to speak. Oh, man, (laughs) that's a really tough one, isn't it? There's not a single correct response. It depends on the time that you're in. It depends on the circumstance. Sometimes the wisest course of action is to sit there and be quiet. Sometimes it's sin not to stand up and speak if God puts it on your heart to speak. And so we need wisdom from above to know which time it is. Consider even the very last contrasting statement in verse 8. A time of war and a time of peace. As horrible as war is, and as much as we should try to avoid it, there comes a point, according to Scripture, if I'm reading it correctly, when war is necessary and when it is just. Now, some people just like to fight. Those people make me nervous. I don't like those people. We shouldn't be that way. But there is a time and a season when it's necessary to stand for what's right, to defend the innocent, to defeat evil. But oh, how we need the wisdom of God to know which time that it is. Some things God maintains in his direct control. For instance, a time to be born and a time to die. We have no control over when we're born. That's totally up to God. But most things he gives humans the responsibility to choose their response. So may God help us to discern the times and the seasons. May he help us to choose wisely. You know the great thing about wisdom? God will give wisdom to whoever asks him for it. That's what the Bible says. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Some of us today... Some of us are sitting here right this very moment and we need supernatural wisdom for a specific issue that we're facing. A broken relationship, a wayward child, a career change, a potential move. If that's you, I would encourage you to come on bended knee before God and cry out to him for wisdom. Ask him to show you, Lord, which time or season is it? And how would you have me to respond to that? And if you seek him with all your heart and you cry out to him for wisdom, I know that his Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you to the right course of action. And you may not like what he leads you to do. And it may not be easy, but it will be for your good and it will be for his glory. Let's look at the third implication of this text. 
And really, this is the most important one of all. God is sovereign over times and seasons. And he directs them for his glory. The very notion that for everything there is a season assumes or presupposes that there is one with a capital O who sets times and seasons. And it is important for us to remember, no matter what time we find ourselves in, that it is a time or season divinely ordained by God. Because he is on his throne. He's in complete control over everything that happens in this world. And nothing takes him by surprise. Furthermore, we can rest assured that anything that happens to a child of God in this world though it may be painful or difficult in the moment, will ultimately be used by God to bring about his good purposes. Romans 8 says, All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I always point out there, it doesn't say all things are good. Don't ever say that. All things are not good. Some things are horrible. But God can use all things for good. And what a wonderful promise that is. Because it assures us that no matter how crazy things get here on this earth, that God is directing all things for the good of his children and for his glory. This is why David could say in Psalm 31, But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. My times are in your hand. Or how about this, Daniel 2? Listen to these words. He, speaking of God, he changes times and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. Can I just tell you, God has zero anxiety about the 2020 election. Zero. He is in complete control. He already knows what's going to happen, and no matter who wins, he is king, and he is on the throne. The rulers of this world are nothing more than pawns in his hand. He sets them up, and he sets them down as he wishes. Or how about this? Jesus reminding the disciples in Acts chapter 1 and verse 7, it is not for you to know times and seasons which are in excuse me under the father's authority did you catch that times and seasons are under god's authority he is sovereign over all things and he directs all things according to his perfect plan in fact verse 11 tells us and this is a little preview of next week's text verse 11 tells us he has made everything beautiful in its time. No matter what season we're going through, we can lay our head on the pillow at night and sleep soundly knowing that God is at work, that he is making all things beautiful in his time and in his way, and we can trust that. As we come to a close this morning, I just want to ask you, do you know the God of times and seasons. The same one who created the universe and rules it from heaven above also created you. And he loves you. 
and he desires a relationship with you. You were created in his image to bring him glory. And until you acknowledge that, there will always be a hole in your heart. There will always be a void in your life. The only one who can fill that void is Jesus. And the Bible teaches that if we will admit our sin and believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross in our place and that he rose from the dead on the third day, and if we will truly and genuinely then commit our life to follow him, that God will save us, that he will give us eternal life. And once we have Jesus in our life, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He will walk with us through every season of life. Remember when the three young Israelites were in the furnace, in the fire, and a fourth one appeared? One that looked like the Son of Man? was Jesus. He'll walk with us through the fire. He'll walk with us through the seasons of life. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us, and he'll give us strength, and he'll give us peace along the way. Are you ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life? You can do that right now. You don't have to wait for a come forward invitation. You don't have to wait to even be in church or be with a preacher or anything like that. Turn from your sin. Believe upon him and call on his name and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please save me. And he will. He'll save you. If you're ready to surrender your life to Christ, I would plead with you. See me. Talk to me after the service. Talk to Pastor Bill or any mature Christian in this room, and we would love to visit with you more about that and tell you how you can make Jesus the Lord of your life. At this time, I'm going to ask us to stand, and we're going to have a closing song. And the song that we're going to sing today, and praise team, you can go ahead and come on up. The song that we're going to sing today is, I need thee every hour. We need the Lord. As we walk through these seasons of life, we need him every step of the way. And so I would encourage you this morning, don't just go through the motions of this song, but sing this song as a hymn of worship from your heart to the Lord. As you calling out to him saying, Lord, I do need you. Please be with me and he'll hear you. Amen. Let's sing together.